0: from John and Waiting we were doing we don't need road if the bus stops here yeah, this thing might blow everything you hear opinions up the show and if you don't like it go to another bus let them know
1: and we are live with Rewind Dynamite I am John Pollock alongside Mr Waiting on this Wednesday evening Holloway
0: Hey John what's going on
1: Oh you know it's a it's a Wednesday night I'm looking forward to chatting with you. Do you ever start this show as I found myself tonight where it was seven fifty nine and I just took a deep breath
0: um i i I didn't even have time for a
1: deep breath. no, sometimes so. you don't though I will say this was a dynamite that to me was um on on a scale of dynamite pacing. It was not the usual ten. it was like a solid seven, okay.
0: Seven. I I would classify it more as like a maybe solid nine point two. Did personally. you? Okay.
1: All right. Well, but
0: I mean, I was also trying to uh, to heat up dinner at the same time. I wasn't even trying to. make You were trying dinner. to eat during this show. Are Listen, you out of your mind? I I had to eat. Listen, I had to. I I didn't have time before, and um,
1: I didn't even, even go to the. I don't even like go to the bathroom during Dynamite. Even okay? I don't to,
0: even move. I don't
1: even leave because I I just I don't have time. I don't even have thirty seconds to spare.
0: I'm not cooking. Like, I'm not taking out ingredients. I'm not opening the oven. I'm trying to heat up dinner, okay? Putting food, cutting, I'm cutting a rotisserie chicken so that I can put it on a plate to put in the microwave to punch the numbers.
1: Does this involve stairs?
0: It does not involve stairs. No, it doesn't even involve stairs. Then it's touch and And go.
1: You might be able to pull that off on Dynamite, but that's it's still I, cutting it close.
0: It's like it's running back and forth. It's like you know, uh, one segment after another. That I take notes for check on the chicken, come back in, and then like trying to eat while typing at the same time. That's a whole nother story. No way. You kidding no me? Way. Trying to get a drink after that? Forget it. So it's it it it, it was a lot to juggle. Just living life while watching the show.
1: You're asking for spillage.
0: There could be oh, a massive yeah.
1: disaster. Imagine if your power went out with uh, 20 minutes to go left in dynamite. Like that was just the end of me that night about a month or so ago.
0: I, I would just give up on life.
1: I wouldn't go that far. I'd maybe give up on dynamite, but, um, but, but nonetheless. So yeah, it's been a, I'm, I'm going to be transparent. It's been a challenging 24 hours. Wait, have you ever heard of a sleep regression? No, what's that? This is something that uh that infants tend to go through around the eighteen month mark. And wouldn't you know it? We're right around the eighteen month mark, and uh and my daughter does not want to sleep like, mm. almost ever. Um so she was up so much last night, and then it was compounded by Max also not wanting to go to sleep. Like I'm downstairs and I look up the staircase and he's lying. At the top of the stairs, this is like at 10 o'clock at night, which is just an un- unreasonable hour that he is, he is up. And yeah, I, I slept terribly last night. And then today, uh, Evie would not go down for her nap. She usually naps for two hours. No problem. Nothing. Not a, not a minute of nap, but I think she finally was exhausted by the end of the day and, uh, is asleep now. So yeah, these are all, um, you know you never know what what curveballs are going to be thrown at you and sometimes uh, sometimes i hit a wall no i i mean today was one of them
0: yeah it sounds like it you might be going through some sleep progression at some point with oh, your schedule I,
1: yeah perhaps but um i was not on the daily news show today instead it was braden davy and way coming together a great discussion about nxt 2.0 um Mm -hmm. The the dangers
0: of uh, tanning beds? Uh, Yes, of course. Yeah, never, never, you know, if you're a champion of any wrestling promotion and you happen to make some enemies, don't go to the tanning bed and don't let people know where your tanning bed is. More importantly, don't go to the beach without a second pair of sandals. That's what I've learned because you might burn your feet when your opponents steal your sandals. I've watched
1: a lot of goofiness and that one was really high up there for me. Of however, this thing was uh, was executed and, and thought up. But mm-hmm. would you say that the tanning bed uh, incident, like, there's no way that's a misdemeanor. That is a that's a felony. Would it not be? Well, um, that I, that looks I mean, really dangerous. Like, what what did yeah. she exactly
0: do? She just turned up the the temperature, maybe. Like, or I don't even know if there's no not temperature, but like, because when she UV came ray. out,
1: she said, "I set it for ten minutes." It was like, did you just lie there and the timer didn't go off? Did she change the timer on it or did she increase the heat and that she must just lost it. track of time?
0: See, see, maybe the timer would make a bit more sense. Uh, and for people who haven't seen NXT, so what happened was um, we had a skit this <laughs> people week. People at the
1: edge of their seat right now listening to this that are flying over to check out this segment.
0: Mandy Rose, uh, we saw her get her tan. She was about to go to the beach with the rest of Toxic Attraction. And in comes Wendy Chu, sneakily. While Mandy Rose was in the tanning bed punching some buttons and then wouldn't you know it and the next shot we have Mandy Rose showing up with a burns burns yeah you burned her burned her alive yeah I mean this this is I I I mean it it should be against the law yeah yeah so
1: that happened on NXT and um yeah. So, a great discussion with Way, Brayden, and Davey that you can check out today in addition to all the other news that is it, going on.
0: Yeah, it wasn't just goofiness. You know, there was some good wrestling on that show too. So, we we tried to be as fair as possible and it's always a joy to uh hang out with the BDE or the the BDWE, huh? The
1: BDWE.
0: Okay. Well, um
1: they're they're also going through their name change, I guess.
0: Yes, yes, I guess.
1: All right. Are you ready to chat? <clears throat> I'm dying here. Uh are you ready to chat about Dynamite from Baltimore tonight way?
0: Let's do it. All right.
1: You know when we talk about uh, arena names way, nothing says, "Hey man, you free tonight? What do you got tickets to? You want to go down to the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Arena?" Dude, I haven't been to the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Arena yet. I heard it's like really nice. Like the couple of times that I've been down to uh to to the Chesapeake, we we've had a great time. Great time. There's nothing better than a night out at the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Arena. Let's start a chant at the show tonight.
0: Mm, the Chesapeake. CEIA. Yeah, I feel, like, I feel like I brought up Chesapeake before to Jordan Goodman because, um, I don't know, something to do with Baltimore.
1: Well, ROH what? has run this building multiple times.
0: Right, okay. This so, is kind of
1: their, their home base, Baltimore, or at so least this was. Is,
0: this is the arena. This is the place to be when, if you're in Chesa- Chesapeake, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had about uh 4,300 tickets out for this show, uh, according to WrestleTix. And Adam Cole kicked things off, coming out to join commentary as we had the Owen Hart Cup qualifier between Bobby Fish and Jeff Hardy, who was having his first singles match in AEW and adorned in black and pink for the occasion.
0: Very cool. Yeah, the only are, are, person to to have entered thus far who has actually wrestled Owen Hart.
1: Um. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um. So there you go. I wonder if anyone, maybe maybe when the tournament starts, do you think Dax is going to maybe uh, have some uh, yellow and black caution tape trunks?
0: Uh, you know, I don't know if that's the era of Owen that people choose to remember him by.
1: Well, it's something... Uh, you, you would definitely think, Owen, if you saw that caution tape, which to me was always one where... who Who came up with this idea? And did Owen feel obligated that, wow, you made these tights for me. I guess I got to wear them. Or did he really think that they were awesome? I don't know. A caution Um, tape was a, it was an out there look for him. You know, the nineties were a crazy time. Okay. Way wants to move on. So we will, uh, Matt Hardy and Kyle O'Reilly were in the respective corners. Sting and Darby were hanging out in the rafters and fish goes after the knee using a dragon screws. And then there is a brother Nero chant. Hardy goes for a jawbreaker using his head, which is blocked. Then he tries again, and he hits it, but his head is in all this pain from delivering a jawbreaker, so I don't know if that one was well thought out. Hardy sets him up in position for the Swanton. Crowd is very hot for Hardy, but it's stopped by Fish. Cole is looking concerned, and Fish hits the avalanche falcon arrow, and turns it into a leg lock after Hardy kicks out, gets to the rope, Hardy elbows him and then goes for a whisper in the wind. And I think it was the whisper part that knocked over fish or the wind from this, because there was about um, 5% connection uh, between uh, target and assailant. And then he goes for the swanton hits it. And dude, these swanton's look brutal to take
0: (laughs) at this point. I don't know if he's doing it intentionally. Oh, maybe he's so showing up in AEW and he's like, I I got to hit these young guys with the full brunt of this move, you know, show them who's boss here. <laughs> this this <laughs> gonna...
1: seems like when 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 Savage was doing his elbow drop near the end and he was like he just let the guy take all of it because <laughs> he wasn't going to be dr- drilling like his hip and knees onto the mat. So, <laughs> man, these swan tons are just like, man, you got to just brace for it. If it's happened
0: like too many times now that I'm, I'm, I am, wondering I think it's happened every time
1: he's done the Swanton in AEW.
0: Perhaps. Yeah. I mean, I, I really do wonder if it's, if it's intentional or if it, like over time, maybe the spring of that leap on the Swanton is just somehow maybe slightly decreased and, and the, the, the distance is, is not necessarily measured the same way. But, um, I mean, it does look more devastating, I guess.
1: It, it looks like a finisher. Uh 10 yeah. minutes and 11 seconds. Jeff Hardy gets the win, and Adam Cole just can't believe it. So Hardy joined Dax Harwood, Samoa Joe, Kyle O'Reilly, Adam Cole, and Darby Allen with another qualifier coming in uh later in the show.
0: Mm-hmm. I like the match. I really like Fish. I thought he did a really great job here working over that knee. And I think at this point, Jeff plays a very convincing, broken-down babyface. face probably because we we've seen how much his body has gone through. So
1: yeah, it, it really to well. me stood out in a in a single setting like Jeff Hardy like he he's he's feeling 44, you know what I mean? And it's like yeah, he's he's a super over baby face and, and that helps a lot, but you're just watching this guy um go in like a singles capacity and and at a pretty high rate here going, you know, a 10-minute uh opener. Like the opener on AEW, it's a pretty high bar uh given like how they like to start mm-hmm. these shows with kind of your big wrestling match uh to start and end the show yeah. so jeff hardy
0: qualifies and we'll get into the brackets later but it will be jeff hardy and darby allen in the first round uh you know to, to many people i would consider a dream match you know how many uh, like maybe the two most famous uh blonde face painting guys in professional wrestling history do you think darby will be uh cool taking the swanton <laughs> yeah i think he'll <laughs> take five what what if you what if we'll you take wo- it through a flaming table? Yeah.
1: What if you uh put yourself in a in a heart a, a steel box and then come down on me on top of it? That'd be great. The young bucks come down and they have a brief face off with the Hardys before tending to Bobby Fish. And Adam Cole says he would give his left arm to see those teams go at it once again, which would make Adam Cole's like entrance much more difficult.
0: It'd be tough. Yeah. Hmm. Um
1: keep the arm. What? They'll probably get to the match without okay. you having to to yeah. sever your arm. So, uh-huh. uh
0: very much a hint towards these two for the pay-per-view, would you say? Uh the two teams, you mean? Yeah. I I I absolutely sure? Yeah, why not? I mean, unless you're going to do something with the undisputed era um as a whole five five-man group perhaps. Yeah, you
1: you could do that would be another option is like 5 on 5 with and that could get Sting and Darby involved too. Um mm. and probably, you know, yeah. that could be maybe for the best even and then you find uh whoever uh, a fifth one is like a like a Dante or somebody that that could fit in there.
0: Yeah, we're not we're we're probably unlikely to get a stadium stampede this year, but I mean, it is double or nothing, so, you know, some sort of like faction war would be somewhat appropriate for them to do. But um, beyond that, I mean, this I thought was there just to kind of continue to tease the Bucks' loyalty to the Undisputed Elite and uh, maybe again teasing that babyface turn ahead.
1: So on Tuesday, they put out the Road to Baltimore video, Mm -hmm. and this was one of my favorite promos. I cannot recall in how long that I've heard the three minute and 40 opening of this video with William Regal, where he opens it with the theme of scars and how – Those are what tells the tale of a wrestler and where he has been. And he goes through this whole description of the Blackpool Combat Club and at the end ties it back to the scar theme of how if you gave a 100 men knives to stab their hated enemy, 99 of them would, would, would stab their enemy. But the Blackpool Combat Club would simply slice the cheek to leave a scar so that every time they look in the mirror... They would think of the Blackpool Combat Club. I do not envy the poor editor that had to cut that down to a thirty-second version uh, for for Dynamite. This was to me the the highest example of an entire promo that should have just run, and because mm. it was so awesome. When I watched this, I mean, it was it was like chills watching. I thought it was like such a fantastic promo from William Regal, just like brilliantly can, uh, performed, thought out. Great theme, and to me, it just made the Blackpool Combat Club seem like the these dark rogue figures that are just
0: absolutely just uh, maniacs. Agreed, completely. I I thought this was. I mean, this had made the rounds online this uh, this morning, uh, actually from last night, and I I'm so glad that they decided to play it on Dynamite on TNT. Sorry, TBS. Where are we now? TBS. TBS. To, to a national audience, to a million people, because um, if it just stuck on Road 2, I think it would have been quite disappointing. This is stuff that I think needs to happen more on Dynamite itself. These character profile pieces that ultimately benefit not just Regal, of course, but the entire group of, of people and, and makes your whole thing feel that much bigger. So I loved it. I, I would definitely put it up there with maybe, you know, some of those opening promos as like the best thing Regal has done since he's come into AEW. So I hope we get more of it.
1: So that is our precursor to Danielson, Moxley, and Yuda taking on the Butcher, the Blade, and Angelico,
0: according to William Regal. Yes, Angelico or or Angelico? Angelico, as he
1: was asking. Yes, I'm I'm fine with that. Yeah, Cool Hand Angelico. Yes. So Excalibur notes, Yuta being entered into the best of the Super Juniors. And I, I was curious if they would do something to eh, – maybe you don't even need to shoot an angle. They've explained where he's going. So when he disappears from TV, like you know where he's going. You don't have to do some kind of – it actually wouldn't make any sense to do some
0: kind no, of angle. It's, um, it's part of the story. He's going yeah, to Japan exactly. to continue to test himself. Yes.
1: Yeah. I'm only curious if uh, if we see him next week or if he's, if he's off. Like it starts a week Sunday, um, the mm. tournament. So this might be uh, – well, we'll we'll see if he's on TV next week, but that's uh what's happening with him. They attack the BCC before the bell rings. Uh Regal is learning who this and Helico Fella is, and then Danielson is attacking in Helico with drop kicks. Regal brings up when they're discussing the forbidden door how he wrestled Antonio Noki, and they have the advantage on uh Butcher has the advantage on Utah. They go through the break and it's all beating down on Utah. We come back, German suplex, and he tags Moxley, so he comes in taking the blade to the floor and Moxley catches him with a cutter and then starts biting the butcher and Helico's in with a capoeira style kick and just gets his head taken off by Danielson uh, with, with the missile drop kick. And then they're stomping on Helico. The others apply submissions at the same time. And as they're dropping stomps and elbows, the whole crowd is chanting yes. And Danielson applies the triangle with the flex and submits him in seven minutes, 42 seconds
0: this these three i thought killed it as always like they're they're triple uh three-man six-man matches are, are always a lot of fun to watch and, and have been and i love in particular mox's unpredictability when he finally got the hot tag here he you know whereas i think the other you know brian definitely takes more of like the um maybe submission based approach um you know mox Sometimes does that, but like today, he just went straight on Terry Funk. You know, he just went crazy on the ringside, just throwing people around the tables and just going nuts. And it was just lovely to watch in contrast to like maybe some of the more technical aspects of this group. I also really like Butcher and the Blade. You know, they they they're always in this jobber role as part of the AFO or AHFO, but to me, like they're maybe the best people that we've had in 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 some of the best people we've had in those roles because they they always uh put on an entertaining performance and I don't know if I ever necessarily see them like getting the tag team belts for instance but I I feel like they'll they'll always have a spot in this company because they make everybody look great. You know and 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 Helico is somebody who I I was really interested in seeing because he's somebody without a tag team partner right now. So like what is his future in this company? What is his future in the HFO? And how does somebody like that manage to, you know, get people to notice him um, and so that, you know, he'll be used more.
1: Yeah. I was, I was very curious about him. Like this was as much of a spotlight as he's had re- recently on dynamite or rampage. I, I can't say he stood out in a big way in this match that you were necessarily thinking about him afterwards. Um, yeah. It, it's, it's it's hard like obviously they have enough that he is he is part of this group and they're moving forward with it um but it's getting to that next level that's going to be difficult cuz there's just there's so many many uh, names and when you're in a situation like this in a, in a six man you try and stand out as much as you can but you're also not the focus of this match
0: yeah, like I mean, very good high flyer. But like we have a, a we have a lot of high flyers in AEW. So something I feel I feel like he was starting to do a whole lot more, maybe making a bit more of a name for himself. Was his um how do you say eva lucha lucha submission style? You know what I'm talking about? Uh no. Okay, well, anyway, um, he, he's got a like a, a unique form of uh, submission wrestling that uh was was picked up in in Mexico that. Um, he's starting to do a whole lot more. And in particular, when he was in there with Danielson, it looked really interesting, but um
1: I was looking w- forward to those, those two. And they, they had a brief uh interaction together in, in this, uh, especially towards the end. I mean, maybe this is somebody that you, you look at more. So if, if ring of honor ever gets up and running, that that's, that's a better Avenue for someone at that level of in Helico. 'Cause Cause I, I just don't know if he's going to uh, catch on in a more high profile position in AEW. Yeah. Shivani interviewed Starks and Hobbs, and he's confronted by, or both of them are confronted by uh, the tag champions with Christian Cage. And Jungle Boy says that it sounds like fun facing them, but before they give them a tag title shot, he wants a shot at the the FTW title. And I thought Starks was going to respond with, why? And Cage says, you never defend (laughs) that title. And Starks accepts and will prove to him what a man he is next week as Jungle Boy goes for the FTW
0: title. Yeah. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. More belts. More belts on the show that um are I'll tell you I can, I can understand
1: like with this ROH stuff like there is a need to keep this th- this uh circulation of belts if ever there's a time that we don't need to put any emphasis on the FTW title it's now. There are so many titles. It does feel like uh Boxing When I'm watching AEW and you're incorporating triple a with ROH with AEW titles with an FTW title that nobody cares about. It's so many titles and I think that when you have so many it trivializes the importance of a big title match. I think tonight's main event kind of suffered from that that it did not feel like a big unification title match because there's just there's so many and. I don't think you can spread that importance across so many belts, and this FTW title would be the easiest um, elimination for me among many.
0: Agreed. Agreed. I thought it probably served its purpose for a time, but I think... I, I-,
1: I don't even know about that. I don't know if this has ever had a point to it, other than the uniqueness of Taz introducing this belt that he used two 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 and a half decades ago.
0: Well, I think having the history uh, attached to you know the, his, his legacy within ECW to bring back for for his group i i thought that was worth something for a time but i mean it hasn't been recognized or at least haven't hasn't been constantly defended um and it has not been made to feel important so if it was gone i wouldn't miss it we're also talking about right now i think this is a show that really needs to think about how it's come across to new audiences and it's a show that um I'm going to have to say is probably a bit difficult for, you know, your casual fan who hasn't seen much wrestling or doesn't know what ECW is to or ROH is, for that matter, to just, con- you know, jump in and pick up from out of nowhere. Um, and it, it just adds to a bit more confusion than probably, you know, benefit.
1: Shivani, who is the busiest man on these shows, he's just everywhere. He is with Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland, and they say that Hobbs and Starks have unfinished business with them. And Keith Lee says, when all is said and done, you will swerve in our glory.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't nice. know what that means. Like a mashup. Uh-huh. Yes. Swerve in our glory. Um. I don't know. Sounds sounds interesting. Is Does it- that
1: mean when you're expecting someone to bask in your glory, they they turn on you or something and you're not you're not expecting it?
0: Maybe it's an to interpretation. I guess so.
1: Wardlow is brought out from outside. Big chance for him as he's in his handcuffs and walks into the arena. No music. Another great reception for him. MJF and Sean Spears walk out. And MJF says, I would say it's great to be back here in Maryland, but then I'd be a lying piece of shit. And he's going to watch this match from the back. Wardlow should be terrified because he is taking on someone who is seven feet tall. Of unadulterated power, he has never taken an L in his life. Um,
0: I think Th- this, a play. A this play guy on. and
1: King Corbin
0: are on the same like database. Well, I think in his case, he he meant it more as a play on words with the the letter W. Okay. Um. Well, then he introduced.
1: He called him the Big Dub, William Morrissey, but it just sounded to me like he introduced the Big Dumb William Morrissey. <laughs> That's all I could hear. I know what he was saying, but it sounded so much like the big dumb William Morrissey. And then this guy walks out and it was just – I thought it was – new new nickname I think for sure. W. Morrissey has had some some bad ideas when it comes to his presentation and naming conventions. I'm the big dumb William
0: Morrissey. I – I didn't hear that. Okay. Um, if, 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 if you did, maybe you maybe, can't maybe unhear it if did. once it's put that, in your head. That might be true. Yeah. Um, but I, 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 you know, you wonder why he doesn't jo- just go with Morrissey. I'm, I'm guessing maybe he,
1: even William copy. Morrissey, I'd take over W Morrissey.
0: Yeah. Or Will, you know, yeah. if you don't want to decrease, if you want to decrease the character count. But I mean, I don't know. Maybe he just doesn't want to, uh, enter a legal battle with, um, with, with a with morrissey himself so um but yeah they went with um, william morrissey here um with his introduction but everybody knew who he was
1: so he came out uh looked look great god I, I would say like a good reception not like your
0: superstar showing up type of pop but still a very very good reaction as you could expect doing the surprise without it really being a surprise i i thought definitely helped you know for his advantage he looked he looks in fantastic shape. He's in great shape. Look at his abs, you know. And and I was happy to see him get this opportunity because I think the last time he was on national TV or at least you know WWE TV, I I mean his his reputation I I think was you know went through um some some bad press, I would say. So to see him right now in the shape that he was in, it felt like a big emotional moment for him just walking out.
1: He is one where impact to me he is one of my first examples of why impact is a very important place in the ecosystem Mm -hmm. of u.s pro wrestling because uh, seeing what he has done in impact i do not see him having those same opportunities had he gone to aew and i think it really helped his confidence he's been pushed there it's the right platform for him and he has done very well with what's been thrown at him in impact and i don't think he would have had those opportunities at uh, you know for instance in a AEW. so i think it really emphasizes why an impact it it's a great place for for some people, depending on where you're at. Uh, we also were showing John Harbaugh of the Baltimore Ravens. And boy, would they remind you that he was in the front row throughout the, the evening, um, the head coach of the Baltimore Ravens. So we're having chance of how you doing. And then they start chanting, we want Enzo. No, we don't. And I think the no, we don't want out.
0: You know, it was a lot closer than I expected. Yeah, there was,
1: there was quite a bit of this. Um, some nice punches from, from Wardlow here. And, you know, again, um, kind of the same as Lance Archer. Like, he is playing more of like the usual monster role, but now he is, uh, undersized, uh, against his opponent. So he did a bit more flying here, sending, uh, Morrissey off the turnbuckle and he delivers this moonsault off the top, nearly overshooting Morrissey. And the crowd cheers this and he just lifts them up for one big impressive power bomb and pins Morrissey in 531. I like the fact that it was just the one. It was an it was an impressive visual. I think if you're W. Morrissey, you didn't want to take five of these. And one was more impactful in
0: this situation. The bigger they are, the harder they fall. You know, That's I it. Think it, it physically it makes sense. Yeah. I I thought the match was a success. You know, um, seeing Wardlow here continue to be an undersized. Underdog against the two larger men. I thought has been really effective, you know, to further his uh, babyface role. It shows you his versatility and uh, his capability of playing not just the monster, but, you know, uh, a solid babyface in any capacity.
1: Yeah, afterwards, security comes out and he attacks security. And this audience goes nuts for this. MJF and Spears send out the whole army of security and he destroys them all, including an awesome bomb to one of them onto the other security on the floor. And Wardlow tells MJF it doesn't matter how big they are or who they are. He won't stop until he gets his hands on MJF and can get out of his contract. So MJF proposes a match Where if Wardlow wins, he gets out of his contract. But there will be conditions to this match. And they will be revealed during a contract signing. Which is not going to take place in a dump like this. But instead, the most magical place on earth which is a shirt that they are going to sell by the boatload next week uh, in Long Island. So the contract signing next week at the UBS Arena in MJF's hometown. And once again, they are positioning MJF as the, the hometown hero in Long Island, which is interesting given they are going to go against what all these crowds around the country have been reacting to with Wardlow. And now he is going to get unmercifully booed next week.
0: We'll see. We'll see. I mean, I've no doubt that this crowd is going to cheer MJF, but are they going to necessarily boo Wardlow a- as well? I don't know. I wonder. I mean, um, it's, it's very possible. You know, this is a contract signing that they're announcing for a week and ahead and usually at the, 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 <laughs> The announcement of a contract signing take place on a show is not one that I uh, care too much about. I thought for program. sure the
1: Jer- the Jericho Group would get the contract
0: signing angle this this pay per view contract cycle. signing every week, maybe. But the fact that you know MJF is promising that we will get some substance coming out of this contract signing by telling us what the stipulation will be already puts it miles ahead of the typical professional wrestling contract signing. So that 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 is curious to me to see what type of a stipulation they'll have and also to see what sort of reaction Wardlow is getting and how they'll handle it.
1: Yeah. What could the condition be? Maybe that if, uh, if MJF wins, uh, then Wardlow can continue to wrestle, but MJF owns the name and he's going to give him a new name.
0: Okay. What could he be?
1: Um, he's going to be a W. Hankerston. Is that his actual last name? No, no, it's not. I'm just making hmm. that up. Shivani interviews Britt Baker. Jamie Hayter, Tony Storm, and Ruby Solo. I do, they, they must I, not I have, believe
0: this. They must not have left their spot from last week and then the week before that. I I, mean, I hope they bulk shot all of this stuff. Oh, like, just
1: do not. it all in one take. Okay, uh, no. Let's get three weeks of segments between you four. Man, they don't have anything until they get to this tag match, and God forbid, until this tournament starts.
0: I mean, they should just have the match standing there, really. Like, that's where they should start. Yeah, Yeah, it's a bit of a joke at this point. We're finally going to get the match on Friday. I can't say any of these backstage interactions have built it up in any significant way to make me more interested. I was more interested just seeing this match on paper than having consistently the four of them stand around under like this. What they're calling it. What did they call it? Like a no contact thing. No physicality. No physicality. Um, I I just didn't think it was the best way to show it and, and made the feud feel small. Smaller than I think their star power, like, you know, with Bret Baker and Tony Storm being there, should actually be.
1: So on Friday, this tag match is going to open up Rampage. And they note this is the first time the women have opened Rampage, which is a first time ever that seems like really stretching the importance of a first time ever.
0: I mean, we do recognize the fact that the opening match on Dynamite or Rampage is often the most coveted spot. It's, it's the highest profile spot. I don't
1: spot. know about this Friday.
0: Uh what what else is on this Friday?
1: Well it's on at 530 Eastern, oh, yeah, So I yeah, don't maybe know. Maybe not and this
0: Friday. <laughs> they I but will say n- this No were... spot on this Friday show is is going to be coveted.
1: No, no. Um but yeah, I will say this. They did try to hit hard the 5.30 start time. Like yeah. they were bringing it up in all the promos for to set up Rampage uh to at least like they're not throwing in the towel on this show Friday. Um and then uh Baker and Hader just make fun of the other two in their black pleather. Uh, Baker's also wearing a Penguins jersey. Has the Leafs game ended? Looks like a reversal of fortunes for them.
0: I've not paid any attention. I can oh, look anyway. it up if you want.
1: No, it's okay. Soho warns Baker that she has a receipt coming. Series tied 1-1. One, one. Yeah. What was uh, the score? Like 5-1? Five,
0: 5-3 five for the... Oh, 5-3. Uh, Lightning. Yeah. yeah.
1: Okay. So Baker says she has a receipt coming, or Soho warns Baker she has a receipt coming, and... Says, if you're waiting for us to go, bitch, we aren't going anywhere. Should have just said, fine, we'll do this segment every single week if you're not going anywhere. Because we're going to stay in this interview spot as well. (laughs) Every week, we'll talk. Tony Schiavone bolts it down to the ring and he says, we've got a pay-per-view coming up May 29th. And he brings out the returning hangman page, who we, uh, I guess, is COVID free now. He says... It would be very easy to say how much he respects CM Punk and that he's looking forward to this match, and it would be easy to shake his hand and say that they're going to have an all-time classic for the title, but that's not going to happen because there won't be a handshake or a masturbatory Bret Hart tribute match. I'm going to destroy CM Punk. And this crowd is chanting for Punk, and he eyes this one fan wearing his CM Punk shirt that after double or nothing, you're going to be running to the merch stand to return that if you haven't already burned it. And I guess I'm the one that can inform everyone CM Punk isn't here tonight. And I am a betting man, and I would bet that Punk is off filming another TV show. Well, Punk, I'm going to embarrass you. And if you want to fight, you've got one, and it's going to be the fight of
0: your life. I love this promo from page. Um, I I thought he was great. He said the perfect things coming out here and I don't know what they had planned prior to him not being around last week, but I thought it kind of worked out, you know, spacing the feuds out or spacing the promos out, having punk speak last week and then having page retort. Um, his stature immediately feels elevated going up against an opponent on the level of a CM Punk. For so much of, I, I think, his recent feuds, you know, a common complaint has been the AEW champion doesn't feel like he's in the main event. Well, now he's going up against somebody who's a challenger who is the main event of the show. So immediately, Paige's words uh, have a lot more attention, a lot more uh, interest in them. And I like the strategy here. I mean, it's a double babyface match. I, this was not a heel turn. No, was this,
1: just... was, this was the right thing for the match where your champion, there are times when he should be the heel... And there's other times where he can be the baby face and he can mm-hmm. easily uh come out of double or nothing stating that he had to be in that mindset to beat someone the level of CM Punk. Yeah, this was not a turn. This was uh to me adding a great dynamic for the match, a more compelling one uh than if they were doing the mutual re- sometimes the mutual respect thing can work. Uh this was one where I I greatly uh prefer this this way they're going about things.
0: Mutual respect I think works for like a a a first chapter. Like relatively low stakes, you know. Maybe like it works for uh, t- like for instance, this uh, uh, Owen Hart first round match between Darby Allen and Jeff Hardy. I mean, they, the the promo you hear later on from Darby Allen was all respect. Um, if you're building up to a pay per view title match, I I think where you get past that, you know, and and you build up the grudge between the two, and there's no better way of going after CM Punk personally than by attacking his love of Bret Hart, which Hangman Page did here. I loved it. Uh, it's a different role for Page, being sort of like the aggressor of a feud and you know maybe the slightly less fan favorite going into a program. So I'm really looking forward to seeing him and how he does in this role.
1: Yeah, great promo from Hangman Page. And what's really interesting is, and I and I like this, the fact that they are, like the last time they were in Long Island, we were in the, The thick of the MJF punk feud. And that was where for one night we got to see punk as a heel. Mm -hmm. And then he was right back to the babyface role the next week, but they're going back to Long Island and they're not forgetting how that crowd reacted to punk and they are putting punk against John Silver in his hometown. So they are not trying to run from that type of a reaction. And you're going to get a, it'll be very interesting how the audience next week reacts not so much to punk because i think they're telling you to boo this man but also if hangman gets involved next week if it's going to be a pro hangman crowd if he's opposite punk for some kind of verbal segment
0: it, it is very interesting that booking you know putting silver against him because i mean you're he's not in a program with with silver you know no. like he was in a program with punk so or sorry with mjf so why why the desire to do this when i think if you had punk against really anybody else on the roster this the, the long island crowd would have cheered punk i don't think they i don't think they would have cheered, booed him strictly because he was involved in a few with them jf but you never know uh, but so it's interesting thinking and and I'll, I'll be also interested to see how they handle it next week yeah
1: i i think it's actually really compelling because you're gonna see hangman i could see next week like hangman getting a very favorable response even if he's delivering this exact promo that he is kind of booed for this week that next yeah. week it'll be a whole different circumstance. And I think they're they're using this Long Island crowd to their advantage instead of just, um, hey, we've got this heel babyface story. Um, and next week we have a unique crowd. So let's let's lean into that. Yeah. Highlights of uh, Konosuke Takeshita, who is going to be on Rampage this Friday, and Jay Lethal, Sanjay Dutt, and Sutnam Singh are in the back reacting reacting to Takeshita and asking where their red carpet is, and Lethal says that AEW is backing the wrong horse, and he challenges him to prove what a real international star is capable of, so we will have Jay Lethal and Konosuke Takeshita on Friday's Rampage. So he's done a few uh, elevations, and now we will yeah. get to see him on on Rampage. Mhm. Santana comes out with Ortiz to take on Chris Jericho who is now referred to as The Wizard, Chris Jericho.
0: The Wizard. Mhm. Interesting choice. I wonder what what the thinking is behind that.
1: Um maybe hard to spot on a page. Hmm? The the Waldo books? Waldo's not a wizard. The Wizard was one of the 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 others you had to
0: find along oh, with the scroll. It's a, it's a side character on the Waldo books. Oh yes. wow, okay. Not the first thing I think of when I think of wizard, but oh, uh, okay, yeah, cool. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe like that's What it. else
1: the the Washington Wizards? Um,
0: yeah. Wizard know, was Harry a, Potter? Wizard uh, was
1: the uh the designer for uh like magic cards.
0: Yes. Yes. Okay.
1: So we get a replay of the fireball <laughs> angle, uh which looked incredible in slow motion. Like it looked like they burnt this guy's head
0: off. It
1: he looked really good. Cool. Yeah. So no Kingston on this show. Selling the Burns, um, they were plugging uh, this coming Sunday. TNT is doing a special called Pharma Bro versus Wu Tang Clan, mm-hmm. and Jim Ross was very excited for this special coming up on Sunday night.
0: Well, who doesn't love the Wu Tang Clan
1: or Pharma Bro? Well, probably a lot of people don't love Pharma Bro. No. But uh, what a what an interesting hour of television that's going to be. So Santana dives onto Jericho cutting off Judas and they fight around ringside for a while. Jericho takes the camera and is met with middle fingers by Santana who attacks Jericho. And we might've lost a camera in the process here. Jericho's chest is all red. And then Matt Menard tries. (laughs) I can't get over the name. Matt Menard tries to grab Santana's leg. He's stopped by Ortiz. Uh, Santana does the Eddie Guerrero spots with the three amigos. And after initially being thwarted, hits the frog splash for a two count. Jericho goes for the walls. We get to the rope and then Santana rolls backward into a cutter for another two count that looked nice. Ortiz then stops Parker with the bat and Santana knocks Hager off the apron. There's a discus lariat to Jericho for a near fall. And with the ref's back turn dealing with Menard, Jericho hits a low blow and the Judas effect pinning Santana in nine Oh six.
0: Yeah. I I like the match. You know, it's, um, it's not often I feel we get these Santana singles matches, and I thought he delivered. He does not feel like he's in a you know principal role. He's more back in, into a supporting role, uh, being a part of Eddie Kingston's you know sort of a group, rather than maybe what feels like would um, would would be a feud more based around him. But um, I think he continues to do well. I don't know if he's quite ready for um, like a main event spot. Or at least like you know towards the the mix of even the mid card when the talent is so strong in AEW right now, but uh, you know he he it's he's still a compelling character. I think
1: there were some flashes in this match. I wasn't as over the moon about the match um, at this point. I think with Santana, like I see long term a lot with him. but, but it's hit and miss sometimes. Like, certain time, I just think he hasn't put it all together quite yet. Um, uh, but there were some nice near falls in this match. He had, like, the, the backward cutter. Um, the Eddie spots got over w- w- with the crowd. And then afterwards, it was just a five on two attack and the crowd is chanting for Eddie, uh, with no respect for this fireball angle. I mean, come on, guys. Um, and they just, uh, hit Ortiz with the bat and Judas plays and that was it. So no, no backup for Santana and Ortiz. And I guess that will be, I, I guess that is more likely to be your five-on-five five scenario at the pay-per-view, and maybe, maybe we don't get a undisputed. Although they have really pushed the undisputed era as like your your five-person unit, so we will see. Maybe maybe multiple ten-man tags. We'll see. Samoa Joe then addresses Jay Lethal, stating that challenges are territory of brave men, and asks if Lethal is brave, and he's coming after him on Rampage Friday. So. This is almost like telegraphing a run-in or some sort for uh, Lethal's match with uh, Takeshka. Uh,
0: perhaps, yeah. Um, and we also wonder who the Joker is. That's right. Uh, Samoa Joe will have the, uh, the mystery opponent mm-hmm. uh, that
1: people are, are throwing ideas out. Uh, many different ways you can go, I guess. The gun club have gifts that they present the acclaimed with. They open the gifts and they are scissors. Yeah. yeah. ask what this means, and Billy Gunn scissored the acclaimed.
0: Got a live scissoring here on TBS. Yeah, no warning. believe it, it, really pushing came. the envelope here. Yes, this was at like uh, 9 p.m. Scissoring from the ass man.
1: The varsity blondes are in the ring, and uh, Brian Pillman has the mic. He stands here a humbled man after their encounter with the House of Black several months ago. Julia Hart's mind was poisoned. We're getting constant cuts to John Harbaugh. And then he refers to Harbaugh. So some it just seemed like they were on the different page here and notes that John Harbaugh was the best friend of his father. They were actually roommates uh, together and says that the advice Harbaugh gave was to attack each day with an enthusiasm unknown to mankind. And today is a new day and I'm feeling really goddamn enthusiastic.
0: It was, it was hilarious. It was really funny.
1: And I'm enthusiastic about <laughs> keeping this group together. So let's fight. This,
0: this, this was, was. It feels like any like sort of like maybe corporate retreat or like, you know, the CEO tries his best to do a charismatic uh, speech. And it, who yeah, this was like Matthew McConaughey ch- uh,
1: pumping his chest.
0: Who was that uh, presidential candidate um, years ago that like you know was like, and we're gonna go to this state and then this state? Oh oh God, um
1: <laughs> uh, he was the head of the uh, the DNC for for a long yeah. time. Um, and
0: he basically ruined his chances because he like Chappelle which is like think,
1: think of how ridiculous that is that this guy just like screamed at too high of a pitch and that <laughs> ruined his presidential uh, candidacy.
0: Oh, we're, uh, uh Dean! Yeah, Uh Howard Dean. Howard Dean. Howard that Dean. was it. This this, this was ridiculous. Like, it was
1: so ridiculous. I
0: thought it was ridiculous at the time. Like, okay, he's just excited. He's
1: I'd rather so some the- some life in this guy. Well, listen, I mean,
0: like with this,
1: so they ended much up of going with John Kerry, the guy that was like, I mean, my God, <laughs> great
0: politician, but I mean, clearly, clearly the better tact, I suppose, like when it comes to perception. Um, so yeah, I mean, this felt like it was a uh, Brian Pillman Jr.'s Howard Dean moment, and. I, I mean, I don't know if it was intentional or not, but I, I thought it kind of worked for the segment. Actually, I, I I thought this
1: was a very shaky start with, with this this promo. Like it was, it did not feel comfortable. When he got into like the screaming stuff, I thought that was like the most solid
0: ground this promo was on. It was compelling, uh, yeah, and it worked out, yeah. Of course, a guy would get emotional saying these words. It was believable, yeah. So the House of Black enter,
1: and Pillman and Garrison will not back down, and they get attacked by the three. Matthews lawn darts Pillman into Griff Garrison, who is then hit by a cannonball from Brody King, and Malachi Black walks up to Julia Hart. And this is going to stun people, but Tony Schiavone brought up that she is only 20 years old and is the youngest member of the roster. Wait, she is 20.
0: I I wonder how long that stat is going to last. I mean, is it Nick Nick Wayne? Until
1: she turns 21.
0: Well is it Nick Nick Wayne technically on, on the roster or not?
1: I guess he, he's got like uh he has been given like the promise ring of contracts. Oh,
0: okay, gotcha. Okay. Got so what do we draw where first. where do we draw the line before somebody actually gets called up? Is it is it nineteen is it like it must be, I guess.
1: Well, he's got graduate high school, so what's what's that? Like eighteen, nineteen, depending on when he's yeah. born. I, I that think depends. Nick Wayne is born uh like in the summer or something. So he's 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 gonna be seventeen this summer, which is crazy. That is nuts. Wow. They hand a chair to Julia Hart, and she stands over Griff as Buddy Matthews is coaching her on how to do a chair shot, but she can't bring herself to do it. She still has some good left in her, Uh, and Black rips off her eye patch. The crowd, mind you, wanted to see her just turn on this guy and attack Griff, so not a great place to be for the varsity blondes as this crowd just wants to see them decimated. So the death triangle come out, House of Black retreat, and... Uh, and that was this. Does this all culminate with the Varsity Blondes being indoctrinated into the House of Black? All of them?
0: D- did they be the Varsity Blacks? Uh, <laughs> that, that's not a great name.
1: <laughs> well, maybe maybe uh, Brian Pillman Junior. could go to the retreat and sp- and be the he can be the uh, the motivational speaker for the House of Black.
0: <laughs> maybe, yeah. He should he should be the, like the the minister. I, pass black. Uh, I don't think I'm pretty so. I'm pretty, pretty goddamn excited. <laughs> uh, OK, we're, we're making fun, but I, I thought I thought I thought he was great. I really like Brian Pillman Jr. I, I don't think he gets to speak enough. Um, and I, I did not mind the enthusiasm. I thought it it worked out. perfectly. I thought the
1: yelling was fine. I had no yeah. issue with
0: the with the yelling. I thought the segment overall was was good, compelling stuff. You know, it's been built long term here. Julia really Hart long. has been putting that makeup on her face every single time she's she's gone out to to TV for months and months and months now, and they decided to cash out here to further th- this death triangle, House of Black feud. I liked it a lot. I hope. I, I think the this bombs- angle started when she was nineteen. <laughs> it did. You you are not wrong about that. She's no longer a teenager. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Uh, it, it made the House of Black look horrifying. I thought, you know, standing around this defenseless little girl like that. So, um, I thought they all did a good job, and I hope they get to stick around. And it's not just a death triangle feud after this.
1: Jade Cargill is with the baddies, and Mark Sterling. She is now three and 30 and o. And Red Velvet says that she's going to win the whole Owen Hart Cup. Jade notes that'll make two champions, and Kiara ends it, and that's all. Period. I really like these three together. I I think Mm -hmm. they just they work off each other well. They come off so charismatic. Um, I I just I think Jade feels like a bigger star having two people um to her side. Mm -hmm. I just think they work off each other really well. I like this pairing.
0: I, I I completely agree. Yeah, everything about it is good. Um, the fact that I think we actually have like dialogue from um, you know, one of these like women's backstage interviews that that sounds like somewhat authentic and cool um is is a positive as well so yeah definitely a bright spot
1: then it was time for ray phoenix and dante martin and i took another deep breath as the bell rang for this one i was i was both looking forward to this match all week and dreading this
0: to recap um but i think i did okay is your keyboard okay for this? It was okay. It's, it, you know what? It, it forces me to like
1: edit a bit. It's like, what, what are the, the important things? So they just start off immediately. Dante leaps over Phoenix, who then spins out of the ropes. And we see this big drop kick that sends Dante out. This was just a crazy drop kick. Phoenix then scales the rope and hits a high cross to the floor. So the man is back from injury, folks. If you missed Triple Mania picture in picture, which was I'm going to nominate this. For the end of the year awards. We're going to do best picture in picture. And this was my candidate. This was an amazing picture in picture. Each go for vertical leaps. And Dante comes down into a destroyer. And then he hits this unreal tope suicida. Where he comes through the ropes. And then it's like he's like, like a goddamn video game character. That gets a rocket boost like mid jump. And then he goes like another speed. It's like the... He was like passing the guy on F1. What do they call it? The, the Overtake. D-
0: oh, he was, DRS. He hit the DRS. He, he did
1: the DRS. <laughs> That's what he did. That's what I'm calling this This tope suicida, the DRS he, from Dante. He entered
0: Dante. the DRS zone, jumping on through those ropes. Wow, incredible. It's very
1: controversial, this DRS stuff.
0: Have you heard about this marina that's involved with the Oh track? yeah, I've seen all the memes. It's hilarious. I I love these controversies that exist. <laughs> you guys think hey, you guys think wrestling fans are tough? You think we have a, a Dude, These, a very these F1 fans community? are out of their minds, okay? <sighs> oh my goodness. Every little I, thing these people will pick up and they, they will criticize. And I mean rightfully so in many cases. I am doing the most
1: incredible balancing act. I am on season 3 of not wanting to find out too much about season four, but also paying attention to everything that's going on right now. So I'm selectively avoiding certain like interviews and references to it.
0: You're piecing it, together the puzzle on both ends. Exactly. At some point like I want
1: to know enough for this race on Saturday without knowing too much as well.
0: Gotcha. Yes.
1: You'll enjoy it either way. I, I think I will too. So I am j- uh, right up to the pandemic in oh, season okay. three. Yes. Uh,
0: it's it's uh, about to get really interesting. Mm-hmm.
1: So anyway, he, uh, he hits his, uh, his, so his tope suicida. Then Dante leaps to the second turnbuckle. Phoenix follows with a reverse one-man Spanish fly off of the turnbuckle, follows with a rana hooking the leg for a two count. And then Phoenix hoists him up almost for like a last ride powerbomb, but instead presses him further in the air and he comes down for a cutter. This yeah. I'm sure was Mark Calloway's ori- original idea for the move, but he was like, you know what? Be tough with Kane, so we'll, we'll just go
0: with the powerbomb. He and Nash are just like you know in the locker room chatting about devising this, and just never had a chance to do it.
1: Fight forever. It's like, oh, of course, got that chant. Dante hits a super. It's the name kick. of the video game. Yes, yeah, they got their chant here. Uh, he stops a Phoenix driver into a super kick. Then we get the reverse Spanish fly from the top turnbuckle where they land on their feet. My only quibble is that. Like a reverse Spanish fly is not something you see all the time. So I think they should have just done the most spectacular version of it, which was this one coming off the
0: top and landing on their feet. Um, Well, they they did it earlier in the match, you know, and, and that's what I'm saying. Oh, you're saying they only should have done one just do do the most impressive one. Oh, okay. I, I I get the sense I mean they they probably wanted to build on the previous spot by saying like Martin countered this one. And I also got the because they were pausing afterwards, I feel like this was kind of their Will Osprey Koto Ibushi, you know um It looked incredible still moment. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. Dante uh follows of the poison Rana, goes to the noise di the the nosedive, it's avoided, and then Phoenix Gets him on his shoulders and then hits like this driver almost into a pile driver. I don't know if there's a name for this, uh, if this is new, uh, but that's the finish. And he pins him in nine minutes and 40 seconds. Hugs Dante afterwards. Uh, this was incredible. This was like I-, I wasn't as like super high on like th- this to me wasn't a high level uh, of dynamite, but this match was spectacular. This was my match of the show. Hands down.
0: Oh, hands down. Absolutely. Yeah. Really great, really innovative aerial battle that in many ways, I think, just defied physics. You know, you're talking about two of the best, maybe the two very best, you know, high flyers in this company that has a lot of great high flyers. And one who's
1: just had his first match back on Saturday after
0: after Uh, four months. Yes, absolutely. I I, I feel like this was everything we expected and anticipated and then some. It's the type of match that I could definitely see people who aren't fans of this style picking apart because, oh, oh, this didn't look real. This would never happen. But I hope that you know even some of those critics can appreciate the athleticism and the creativity and just the impossibility of like, uh, man, how many things could have gone wrong in any of these spots and, and they didn't. It, it really is just amazing. And to me, just like, you know, answer the variety of what professional wrestling offers.
1: And – Try, try and watch some like poor man's versions of this match of trying su- some of this stuff off, which would have been mm-hmm. a mess and have some incredible respect for the precision that they had. Like, dude, they nailed this stuff. I was in awe of this. I really believe this is one of the best TV matches this year. I I thought this thing was just unbelievably great. And so our brackets for the Owen tournament, Phoenix versus Kyle O'Reilly, Samoa Joe and the Joker, Jeff Hardy versus Darby Allen and Dax Harwood versus Adam Cole. So next week, it'll be. Jeff and Darby and Dax Harwood and Adam Cole.
0: So this is going to be a hell of a tournament. It's it's looking amazing, Uh, dude. The tournament hasn't even begun yet, and it's already looking amazing. You know, so let's look at the brackets here. We've got, uh, you know, uh, Ray Phoenix and Kyle O'Reilly. You know, is going to be awesome. Jeff Hardy, Darby Allen, again for many people is going to be a dream match. Cole and Dax Harwood. That pairing is really interesting because you have. You know, um Sean and Brett, Sean and Brett. Exactly. You have a, a wrestler who very much models his uh, career or at least his style after Shawn Michaels versus Dax Harwood, who has become, you know, uh, AEW's version of Bret Hart. So they were there will be a lot of tribute spots. I'm anticipating for that one. And I look forward to that one very much. And then we've got Simone Joe versus the Joker, which is who do you think so far?
1: I mean, when when I posted the brackets, uh I, I saw a lot of people guessing Cesaro.
0: Wow, really? To introduce him this way. Now, is he going to win the thing? I think if he comes in, he should win. Um, like, is he, how far is he gonna go?
1: I mean, and, and again, that's, it's a question of whether that it's him or not. Like, honestly, whoever it is, if you're bringing in someone new, they should probably be winning if that's their introduction, or they just have an unbelievably kick ass match, which I would assume a Joe and a Cesaro would. Oh, um, God, that, that losing is not the worst thing in the world.
0: Yeah, I mean that uh, that almost feels like Cesaro almost feels like too big of a guy to just kind of throw in here in like the opening round of a tournament. But what? Or- but what move would Cesaro win with? There's a
1: guy bad. that uses the sharpshooter. Uh, okay, one of many. Like a lot of people use a sharpshooter, but okay. But he's got he's got the history with with teaming with with, with Tyson Kidd. Like there there's that connection to the family that not all these other guys have.
0: I don't know if it's strong enough for for me to think that, but sure. Like, I mean, there, you know, you could debut him at any time, and I think he'll be. Does someone know, else star. come to
1: mind for you that would fit?
0: Well, I mean, obviously, somebody involved in this current feud that Joe has with um, uh, Lethal or, or and Sutnam um, Singh, um, it would be a letdown. I think if it was either of those, two. I, I wouldn't.
1: I don't think they'd make that a mystery if it, if it was just going to be someone off the roster. Like, I, I think it has to be a big surprise debut if you're if you're billing it as the Joker. Yeah what's give me a your prediction for what the uh the second round matches will be who who's okay. the final four so phoenix and kyle
0: o'reilly i think uh phoenix kyle o'reilly i'm going to go with um well i think the joker's going to win first of all and we can presume that the joker will be a heel if Samojo is a babyface so. if, if
1: it is cesaro i uh-huh. want to see cesaro and phoenix in that second round
0: okay maybe i, I think i that's think that would be too incredible yeah i think phoenix goes on sure until the second round on the other side of the bracket jeff hardy versus darby allen um hmm, let's let's let me pick uh, maybe cole versus harwood first um i'm gonna say adam cole you know i think to, i think cole and darby that'd be my pick cole darby okay yeah cole jeff hardy i think would be a solid solid one too i mean they're both baby faces so it all works
1: i don't think jeff hardy needs to beat darby um and darby and cole that's that that's a pretty big match as well, and then your They're final all big matches,
0: dude. Even the, I know, the I know, like there's are big matches.
1: Yeah. So, anyway, uh, could could it end up being? Uh, yeah, main prediction on the final.
0: Not right now. Um, I mean, the Joker will will you know really kind of sway things. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the other side of the bracket, I think Cole can go really far. Um, I don't know if I see Jeff Hardy like having three matches in this tournament when you have like you know guys who can. Probably um, go like be 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 counted on a bit more in, in singles capacity. So maybe Darby on the other side, but I, I'm probably going to pick Cole on on the left right side of the brackets. All right. Well,
1: there you go. I'm looking forward to this tournament a lot. Me too. Darby and Sting are in the back, and they just address Jeff Hardy. They say it's going to be a special night, and Sting says he knows that both will pull out all the stops. So they're going in as just uh, mutual respect for next week in Long Island. Thunder Rosa comes out and she is going to share her story. It's full of successes and failures, good guys and bad guys, but she stands here as women's champion. She fought hard to retain this against Nyla Rose at battle of the belts. And when she came to AEW, she had no expectations. She just wanted to elevate women's wrestling and that carried a heavy weight. And she has helped elevate the division, which is one that some people still criticize. And she's one of the best and wants to face the best and the most experienced that are out there. And before she was Thunder Rosa, she used to drive eight hours up the coast of California to see one wrestler. And she wants to call out the number one contender, Serena Deeb, who comes out and she acknowledges that Thunder Rosa has scratched and clawed her way to the top to earn this respect. And she respects Thunder Rosa and believes that they can make this the best women's division in the world. But in order for that to happen, the best women's wrestler in the world needs to be champion. Thunder Rosa says, I am the best. And Deeb says that I'm going to bring up what everyone says, but no one will will. Everyone thinks, but no one will say that I'm on another level and in my own class. And it's time for me to have the title. And Deeb says that she's going to give Thunder Rosa the shortest women's title reign in AEW history because a double or nothing. I'm taking your title.
0: So our second match official for the pay-per-view. Hmm. Um. I really love the content of this, you know, for me, it 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 it's weird but like it still feels refreshing just to have a segment um where you have, you know, two female wrestlers trash talking about who can be the better wrestler. That's uh, your story.
1: It's like that's eat, all it needs to be. And yeah. I always I always like in a situation like this where the champion gains something by winning. It's not just retaining mm-hmm. your title. It's like by you beating this person, you Hold at a very high regard.
0: Beating them signifies that you are above them. Totally. Absolutely. Uh, And and for them to be able to do this out in the crowd, I think was also a big positive rather than just the short segment with Tony Schiavone in the back. You know, those end up feeling kind of cold. And like, this was, I think something that really the energy was, was definitely that much bigger having taken place on live TV. Um, And I, I think Rose's opening promo was strong. Her presence has been pretty low. I have to say, since she's won the belt, she hasn't been on many, uh, like, uh, I feel like Britt Baker, we've seen more of than, you know, Thunder Rosa. And maybe we should, because Baker is the bigger star, but you want the champion to feel like the bigger deal. And I thought this promo was very necessary. They established their personal connection between the two. So it's not just, you know, number one contender versus champion. There is a personal grudge between the two. And I thought deep sounded strong overall. Um, I don't know if it sounded like in terms of delivery the most authentic you know it felt very much like hey i'm gonna go you go we kind of have our planned scripts and here they are uh, so maybe that part of it wasn't as perfect as i thought it could have been but overall i thought it was a real positive
1: yeah, overall, like, I, I think I, I like the story of, of where they're going with it. And I, I think it should be, you know, a, str- a strong match. It's, it's a good direction to, to go, uh, for, for the pay per view. So Rampage on Friday at 530 Eastern has the long awaited Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter versus Tony Storm and Ruby Soho match, uh, Konosuke Takeshita and Jay Lethal, Hook against JD Drake and a women's Owen Hart qualifier between Riho and Yuka Sakazaki. Next week on Dynamite on Long Island, Darby Allin and Jeff Hardy, Adam Cole against Dax Harwood in your Owen Cup matches, MJF and Wardlow's contract signing, Ricky Starks and Jungle Boy for the FTW title, and CM Punk versus John Silver. And Silver does a quick promo asking if Punk wants to dance with the meat man because he's going mano a mano in his own hometown as he flexes his sirloin steaks and says, let's freaking go. Mm Mm-hmm. That's it. Main event's gotta be the FTW title, right?
0: Um, what else could it be?
1: I mean, you you gotta, you gotta headline with, with the FTW title, of course. Unless they announce something else last minute. Well, I'm sure we'll get, uh, at least a few more announcements for next week. Deanna Perrazzo and Mercedes Martinez closes the show with Bobby Cruz out as our ring announcer. It is like, nine fifty one and they state it's a sixty minute time limit, but we will stay as long as this match goes, and mm. wouldn't you know it? They got out of there just on time just just in the nick of time they made it it's weird how
0: that happens, yeah,
1: so uh diana attacks her arm and it's the setup. Uh, for, for the Fujiwara armbar. And Deanna is consistently attacking it. They fight on the apron where Mercedes hits a spear, but in the process injures the shoulder and is thrown into the post. So then she fights back using her right arm and we see Diana. Execute a side Russian leg sweep into the Fujiwara, where Mercedes escapes. She avoids the Queen's Gambit and then hits a fisherman buster. There's a counter to the Fujiwara, double clothesline spot, and Mercedes does the curb stomp, setting up for the Romero special. But Diana stops her, grabbing the injured arm, and Mercedes uses her good arm to apply the Dragon Sleeper portion, submitting Perazzo and unifying your ROH Women's
0: titles. Hmm. Yeah. I thought these two had a good match, but I thought they had a tough time in front of a crowd that was probably not very familiar with the the, 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 the prestige, I suppose, of the moment, nor Diana Perazzo, who has made no appearances on AEW TV, and Mercedes Martinez, for that matter. I mean, herself, not necessarily somebody who's been fully established with the AEW audience yet. And if you hadn't seen any TV but AEW TV over the past month, you would have no clue what belt they were both holding, why we have two versions of this belt. Um, so... You know, all we got really on TV was like a little promo segment for Mercedes Martinez on Rampage. And if you missed that, and you, I, I'm guessing many people would have, it, if they if you blinked, you'd miss a, a segment like that on Rampage. I I don't know how much interest there was in the unification of of all of this. It just kind of felt more like we got to get the belt off of the non contracted person onto one of our people, and this was the time to do it. I'd, I I I'm, I'm happy that it was the main event. I think a title match like this, you know, should be just to you know set the precedent. It should be way, but it wasn't built up to it. And to me. That's the problem. It didn't didn't, have
1: the stakes, and and I didn't think that this felt like a regular Dynamite main event.
0: Yeah, I mean, and they shot stuff for Road 2. It's stuff that – like especially for people people that haven't been on TV and people – it's one thing I think when it's like Minoru Suzuki, which – even if, like, the audience at home doesn't know who he necessarily is, the people at, at the arenas treat, treat him like a big enough deal so that you could do a Joe versus Suzuki and have a crowd go crazy for it. You know, with all due respect, Diana Perazzo and Mercedes Martinez are not at that level. So you're gonna have to, you know, do a bit more work to, to make it feel important and, it was just kind of throw, thrown out there cold. But, you know, I thought the women did the best that they could under those circumstances.
1: It, it was a fine match. It just it, it didn't feel all, all that heated. Um The importance wasn't there. And as much as I love that Regal promo, I'm glad they put an edited portion in. For this show, it would have been more important to build up this match with, with mm. that real estate on the show and be building this throughout. Because it's it's a cold match if you're not someone that followed Supercard of Honor or are aware of... Of these intact. two titles or any of this stuff that, that's going on and you're making the conscious decision to headline your show with it, that's fine. You can headline with a unification match on its own, should have that. But you, you need to add the importance and why this is important and yeah. not just throw it out there. I think they relied way too heavily that just title unification is, is going to mean something. And it didn't feel like this crowd in Baltimore – um saw it at that at that level. And, and you're would following, expect,
0: you would expect any place to react well to an ROH title match, it would be Baltimore and and it didn't even work here.
1: And it was the opposite of the usual formula where it was like they had to follow this like unbelievable match in the in like the semifinal spot and mm-hmm. it was difficult for the main event to follow it
0: yeah yeah but i mean there's no way around that you know if they put this at 9:30, a title match at 9:30, people would have complained why well, how could you put a women's title match at 9:30? right i don't it, disagree with
1: like headlining but you got it you got to do the work you got to mm-hmm. do the work to justify a main event and that's where i think it fell flat so there you go that was uh that was an episode of dynamite that um i thought i thought the high point was uh phoenix and dante martin i would certainly recommend you watching that match if you missed it on wednesday night um some of the rest like i I don't think there were any like bad matches on the show um but there, there was one really really great match for me
0: yeah 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 i thought it was an overall enjoyable show as as dynamites usually are even when i am trying to eat in the middle of taking notes for it um i i thought the wardlow stuff came across really well against william morrissey um i thought the uh stuff you did to build up the julie hart angle i thought came across really well as well um like overall, I just thought everything was a success, you know, in terms of building to a pay-per-view or just the further along an angle.
1: Yeah, I, I like the fact that um, you can watch this and I think you probably have a good sense of like at least 50% of the Double or Nothing card. You can see where where things are going and there's mm-hmm. and they're not just throwing out a million things at you that you can't retain at the end, which, which sometimes is an issue on Dynamite, but was not the case for me on Wednesday. Feedback comes to us. Uh, do we want to go to any Super Chats first?
0: Yeah, sure. We go to just one super chat, I believe, and this one comes to us from Fact Channel, who sends us a super chat. Thank you for the support, Fact Channel. He asks, what AEW faction would you guys join?
1: Uh, the Gun Club.
0: Really? Okay. They seem you got, to you got your scissors? Um, no, no, I don't. <laughs> um, I would join, uh, who looks like they have a good time? I mean, I want job security, so I think I would pick a group that would at least be over uh, enough that I feel like I, you know, I'd be sticking around. Um, I, I think I would pick. Uh, I, I'd pick the baddies. I'd join the baddies. I, th- I think they're on their way up. <laughs> okay, well there you go.
1: Period. <laughs> Period. Okay, we start off with Muggin on the forum. He says the Julia Hart angle has been slow burning for months. I don't know if that's. Uh... Unintentional or not, that he's using that description, and it's a lot closer to the end. It's only a matter of time. She she joins the House of Black. Dante and Phoenix was a damn good show, a damn good match with great chemistry. Uh, who does pa- proud and powerful in Kingston bring in to help them against Jericho and company? I hope it's Homicide and Hernandez. Hangman's so smart to read the room by leaning heel in this match with Punk. Perrazzo and Mar- Martinez was a solid main event, and it raises more questions about when ROH is going to get a new network, having all of their titles on AEW TV. He predicts Miro as the Joker to face Samoa Joe in the Owen Cup.
0: Good prediction, yeah. Possible, yes? Definitely. Uh In Hernandez, homicide, yeah, very possible as well. You know, I think they, they're, they're, they're like well ingrained enough, like with their LAX history that I think the audience would immediately recognize and react to them. So that, that would be a solid choice. We got a Kate from Montreal who says, as somebody who loves the flippy shit, Dante versus Phoenix was a real high point for me. I hope they'll find an excuse to run that back or do a Lucha Brothers versus Top Flight when Darius is healed up. I do wish that they had sped up the Julia Hart tournament because it's been treading water for a while now. Also hoping that we get some clear direction for the Jericho Appreciation Society versus Eddie slash Powered and Powerful. Since it feels like it's time to really start building what I assume will be a 5-on-5 match for Double or Nothing. Interesting that both the men's and women's brackets for the Owen tournament seem to have a joker position. The men's has been announced and either Riho or Yuka will become the 7th women's competitor, leaving one open place in there too. Let the speculation begin. All right. And, and, f- and just a note, Kate joins me this Friday on Rewindus SmackDown. That is right.
1: And Patrick has the last word. Thought it was a mid-tier episode of Dynamite tonight, though I found great enjoyment from the Blackpool Combat Club again, and think that them airing the Regal promo from Road 2 was a great choice. Dante and Phoenix was fun, and I do feel that there's been an added level of focus on the women's division of late, with a lot of the talent feeling like they have something going on, either being put into a feud or the Owen tournament, and it just feels like there's been an increase of women's segments of late. Even tonight, we had a ROH women's title main event and two big women's matches on Rampage this week. Big curiosity of the show was Hangman's promo, which did come off more aggressive and heelish than a typical Page promo. Wonderful he's going to be playing overconfident heading into the punk match at double or nothing
0: i didn't read it like that i just i just felt like he looked determined i mean if anything i think you question whether or not he's confident at all when you're going up against you know somebody who's as big of a name as cm punk um so i think you know playing off of the hangman page character that we've come to know at this point like he seems to be somebody who has you know who's now sure of who he is and knows what he can achieve and has has gained confidence but i wouldn't say overconfident at least it didn't come across that way to me all right that's going to wrap up the show thanks to
1: everybody for your feedback and for joining us live we are here after raw after dynamite here at youtube.com slash post wrestling so subscribe to the channel and when you wake up on thursday we'll be back
0: at 1 p.m eastern time That is correct. And tomorrow evening, 10 p.m. Eastern time for all Post Wrestling Cafe patrons, uh, WH Park, me, Nate Milton, and Rich Fan will be live talking about the season finale of Moon Knight. So you can join us there. And if you can't join us live, it'll be up on the Post Wrestling Cafe feed afterwards. So it's still the beginning of the month. So really the best time to join the Post Wrestling Cafe right now.
1: Yes, postwrestlingcafe.com, $6 gets you in the door with multiple bonus shows every single week, including Rewind to SmackDown. This week's Rewind Away already available, covering the Tokyo Dome card of January 4th, 2003. And we're going to be doing three Rewind Aways this month, uh, so you can catch that. And way, forget about AEW. He's got his faction on Thursday night. Who would want to leave that group? Uh The four of you versus the yeah. world. Yes, that is right. correct. Uh Can you give us any tease about the finale of, of Moon Knight in one 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 sentence? Um, hmm. Uh, uh, Tune in on Thursday night uh, for for this and, and much more. I, I look forward to this uh this review. Do you, do you think I'll be lost if I listen to this just out of context? Yes, you will. OK. Well, nonetheless, we can <laughs> uh we can try. That's it. Thanks to everybody for tuning in. And that concludes Rewind to Dynamite.